good morning. Welcome to Long Hill Baptist Church Sunday School. We're going to start with number 502, Stand Up for Jesus. Number 502, we'll sing the first and the last. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory his army shall he lead, till every fall is vanquished and Christ is Lord indeed. And the last stand up, stand up for Jesus, the strife will not be long. This day the noise of battle, the next the victor song. To him that overcometh a crown of life shall be. He with the King of glory shall reign eternally. Well, good morning. I want to thank you for joining us online today for our Bible study uh, here at Long Hill Baptist Church in Trumbull. Uh, thank you, church members, for being with us this morning. Thank you for visitors and, and others uh, who may be able to join us online. I want to ask you to take your Bible this morning. Let's just jump right in this morning. First uh, Thessalonians uh, will begin in, uh, toward the end of chapter 2 this morning. Uh, but then spend the bulk of our time uh, here today uh, in uh, chapter 3. Uh, so remember here, Paul, the Apostle Paul, is writing back to the church, the church members uh, there at Thessalonica. He has a, a great heart for this church. He has a great heart. Uh, he's absent from them, but he has a, a great heart for them. And of course, his, his situation is not really unlike ours today. He he has a heart to be with the members of that church, but can't be uh, at that time. As your pastor this morning, I have a great heart to be with you, uh, though we cannot be at this time. So uh, look with me here this morning, if you would. We're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, and let's pick, it up, uh, let's pick it up in verse uh, 13. That's about where we left off last Sunday morning here. Uh, Paul expresses this wonderful gratitude uh, for the example uh, of the Thessalonian church members. Uh, he was thankful uh, that they had received God's word as truth. Uh, look here in verse 13. He says, For this cause also uh, thank we God. He prayed and he thanked the Lord for them. He says, Without ceasing. Paul, of course, was always testifying about his constant prayer uh, for the individual members of the churches that he planted. And of course, that's a wonderful example for us. Paul's not bragging about that. Uh, the Holy Spirit is having him to encourage uh, the churches that he's praying for them. But of course, Paul is laying out an example here also, an example of praying without ceasing. Uh, he says, for this cause also, we thank God without ceasing because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God. 
We understand this morning, let's be reminded, uh, first thing this morning, that uh, today we'll be spending the day in the Bible. We'll, we'll be here three times today. Uh, and it's, it's not men's words. These are not Paul's words, ultimately, that he is writing. These are God's words. Uh, and because of that, the, these words are quick. They're powerful. Uh, they have effect in our lives when we receive them. And Paul says, hey, I thank the Lord uh, church members, that you received uh, my words uh, as it is truth, the word of God. He says this, which effectively worketh uh, also in you uh, that believe. Uh, Paul was thankful that they had received God's words as, as, as truth uh, because the word of God works powerfully, energetically uh, in our lives. Now skip down to verse 13. He he continues to encourage them. So uh, he, he's encouraging them and he prays for them. He reminds them that they've received God's word and, uh, and, and that has had a tremendous effect uh, in their individual lives and in their church corporately. Uh, down in verse 17, he, he encourages them uh, of his desire to be with them again. He says, but we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, they couldn't be together physically, but his heart was to be together with them, and uh, they shared a common heart. He says uh, that he endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Uh, again, this morning, that is the heart of your pastor, uh, to be with you. And I hope this morning it's your heart to be together again with fellow church members. Don't get comfortable uh, being home. Don't let this be a time for making a new habit of being home and watching services online. Uh, our heart should be to be back together again as soon as possible, as soon as it's wise uh, to do so. Now look at verse 18. Paul says here, um, that uh, he understood that Satan had hindered uh, him from being with them. Verse 18, he says, Wherefore, uh, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, uh, once and again, but Satan hindered us. Of course, we understand that we have a real enemy uh, in the world today, uh, an enemy of the Lord and an enemy of the Lord's people. And we understand today that uh, the Lord is allowing Satan to have some power, uh, some effect, uh, some temporary short-term successes, uh, but most certainly not an ultimate victory. Satan, of course, knows that his time is short, but uh, in any event, Paul understood that uh, he had been hindered by Satan from being with the church members at that time, and uh, it certainly it's implied that, that Paul knew the Lord had allowed that. Uh, for the Lord's good purposes. Hey, one of those purposes would be that that gave occasion for uh, Paul to write to them, this inspired letter. If No doubt, if Paul had been able to be with them whenever he wanted, uh, there would not have been an occasion for writing. At least that could be the case, and, and we might not have this letter. So God, of course, uh, had a great purpose for allowing Satan to hinder Paul from being with the church members uh, at that time. Listen, no doubt the Lord has purposes uh, in, our, in our own life, in our own church family, for allowing us to be hindered from being together at this time also. Let's not be frustrated about that. Let's not be impatient. Let's, let's allow God to accomplish his purposes. Let's look to God to accomplish his purposes uh, and pray for that. We'll see verse 19 here. Paul, he says he, he couldn't be present with the church members uh, and so he encouraged them with the truth that they would be together again one day. Uh, he didn't know exactly when that would be. 
He knew that if they, if they could never come together physically again before the rapture, that they most certainly would be with the Lord uh, at his coming. We see that here, uh, verse 19. He says, for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? What do we have to uh, hope in and rejoice in during this time of absence from one another? He says, are not even ye, all of you, in the presence of our Lord Jesus, uh, at his coming. Of course, that was Paul's hope. Uh, when it was time for the rapture, he would be caught up. And uh, when the church members uh, uh, encountered the rapture, they would be caught up and they would be together with the Lord there, there in the air. He says, for ye are our glory and, and our joy. Uh, Paul knew, Paul knew that no matter what, they could look forward to a time of being together again. And of course, uh, Brother Ray, we have that hope this morning. We, we, we know, we, we, we certainly hope that we'll be able to be together again here soon as a church body, uh, physically assembled together as God desires. Uh, but if someone can't for some reason, if someone is hindered uh, for any reason uh, from that, uh, we have the certain hope that we will all be together again uh, one day when the Lord comes. We'll praise God for that. Well, let's, let's just continue now right into chapter 3. Let's, uh, let's, let's just continue on here. Now, uh, Paul knows that he's been hindered uh, by Satan. He knows the Lord has allowed that. Uh, so he, he writes here of having sent Timothy to them. Uh, maybe this was part of God's uh, purposes, that, that uh, Timothy would go and encourage them. Uh, we know that that's uh, what God allowed. We'll see here in uh, chapter 3. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1, Paul writes, Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone and sent Timotheus, that's Timothy, uh, our brother, our brother in Christ, fellow Christian, uh, and minister of God. Uh, Timothy, of course, was, was a wonderful servant of the Lord. Uh, he, Paul calls him here a fellow laborer uh, in the gospel of Christ. And he gives two purposes here for sending Timothy uh, to the, the church at, at Thessalonica. He says, uh, first, to establish you, uh, to uh, grow you. Paul could not be there with them. He, he sent uh, two inspired letters to them, uh, but he also desired that Timothy, uh, someone could go and be there physically with them uh, to establish them, to grow them, uh, to help them to build an even stronger foundation uh, of faith and knowledge of the Lord. He says this also, secondly here, uh, and to comfort you uh, concerning your faith. Uh, I thank God this morning, Zach, that we have uh, each other. Uh, even when our church can't be assembled physically together, we have each other, uh, families, uh, husbands and wives. Uh, we have each other to um, encourage us in our faith, uh, to encourage us to be faithful, uh, and to comfort us, uh, to comfort one another. I encourage you all to be about this business, even when we can't be together uh, physically. Uh, find ways to encourage those in your home. Uh, find ways to encourage those outside your home. Uh, encourage each other uh, to stay faithful and look for opportunities to comfort one another. Uh, Paul says here in, in, in verse 3 now um, that he, uh, he sent Timothy to uh, establish them, to build them up, and to comfort them 
uh, for a reason. He had, he had a specific reason at this time. Uh, Paul didn't want them to be discouraged by his own trials. Uh, he didn't want the church members to think, oh, uh, if, if God is allowing Paul to be hindered from uh, being here, if God is allowing Paul to go through some great trial, uh, may, maybe uh, Paul's not uh, who we thought he was. Uh, maybe this faith is not what we thought it was. Paul did not want people to be discouraged because he was going through trials. Uh, he had them to understand, of course, that tribulations would come. We'll see that uh, in a moment. Uh, but he wanted Timothy to be able to be there in person to uh, encourage them, uh, encourage them that they not be discouraged by Paul's trials. Look at verse 3. He says that no man should be moved by these afflictions. For yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. Paul understood that God was using trials in his life. Uh, he had great purposes for that. Uh, Paul reminds them in verse 4 that when he was with them, he told them difficulties would follow. He says there in verse 4, For verily, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, uh, even as it came to pass, uh, and ye know. Paul told them that, that, that they would know trials and tribulations and difficulty, uh, and Paul would know trials and tribulations and difficulty. And of course, we understand today uh, as Christians that we've, we've not been saved out of trials and difficulties, but uh, we've been saved into a spiritual battle with a real enemy, uh, an enemy who is able to uh, in, uh, cause uh, trials and difficulties and, and, and a God who allows them to encourage our growth uh, to accomplish his purposes. We ought not to be surprised by this. Now, in verse 5, we see that uh, Paul, uh, having been hindered by Satan, uh, one of his other reasons for sending Timothy was so that he could know if Satan had accomplished uh, anything uh, in the church. He desired to know if Satan had succeeded in tempting the church members there at Thessalonica uh, to move away from the faith, to give in to sin, uh, to be uh, less faithful than they should have been. Uh, Paul understood that at this time, Satan has some power. Uh, he can hinder when God allows. Uh, he tempts. Uh, he tempts. The Lord allows temptation as a trial of faith. So Paul desired to know how they were doing. How are they doing with that? He has this wonderful, loving care and concern for them. He says in verse 5, For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, uh, I sent to know your faith. I, he had this wonderful desire to know how they were doing in their walk with Christ. He says, Lest by some means the tempter, having tempted you, uh, and our labor be in vain. Uh, Paul had a heart to know how they were doing. Uh, were they giving in to temptation? Uh, would, would that result in uh, their, their lives and their ministry being less for the Lord than it should have been, uh, causing Paul's ministry to them, in effect, uh, to some degree, to be in vain? Uh, Lord, help us to stand guard against temptation. Uh, Lord, help us to encourage each other during times of trial and temptation. Lord, help us to seek your strength and uh, your grace to not give in to temptation, uh, especially, especially in times like these. Well, uh, thankfully, we can see here in verse 6 that Timothy uh, brought back a, a positive report, an encouraging report. Uh, he reports that the Thessalonian church members, they had remained steadfast uh, in their faith. And in Paul's absence, uh, they, they had found, no doubt, strength in the Lord to continue on, uh, to stay faithful. See verse 6. 
he says, but now when Timotheus came back from you uh, unto us and brought us good tidings of your faith uh, and charity, uh, and that ye have good remembrance of us always, desiring greatly to see us, and we also to see you. He says in verse 7, Therefore, brethren, we were comforted uh, over you in all our affliction and distress by your faith. Paul here, uh, he says to them that he was comforted uh, during his time of trial, during his time of persecution and difficulty, uh, he was comforted by the fact that the church members had stayed faithful. Uh, they had remained faithful to the Lord despite Paul's absence and despite uh, his trials, and no doubt despite trials in their own lives, they did not allow trials around them, uh, trials with, with the, the one who came and planted their church, trials in their own, they did not allow trials to knock them off course spiritually. They looked to the Lord for strength, they stayed steadfast, they were able to do that. That encouraged Paul, and uh, of course, as I see people in our church staying faithful despite this time of trial that, that we are in, that encourages me, Brother Ray. I'm greatly encouraged to see uh, people staying faithful, uh, encouraging one another, helping one another to the extent that we can. Paul says that he was encouraged by their charity. Well, that's love in action, uh, biblical love, uh, agape love, love, love in action. They, they continued to demonstrate love toward one another uh, in Paul's absence. They didn't need Paul to be there constantly reminding them to demonstrate love to each other. See a need, meet a need. Uh, see someone who needs to be encouraged, encourage them. See someone who has a practical need, help. They didn't need Paul to be present there with them, uh, encourage them, encouraging them always to do that. Well, praise God, I, I'm encouraged by that as well. Uh, don't be people who sit around waiting for someone to point you uh, to a need. Uh, see a need, hear of a need, uh, encourage meet needs to the extent that you can. Uh, I can promise you this morning that there's needs in our church. There's practical needs. Uh, I would encourage you as you're mailing in your, your tithe check or giving online that uh, you not forget about those things. Uh, uh, don't, don't forget to give to the uh, Benevolence Fund. There, there are real practical needs uh, in our church at this time. That's one way uh, to help meet them. And Paul's encouraged by their faith and, and their charity. He's also encouraged here in the next part of verse 6, he says that ye have good remembrance of us always, uh, desiring greatly to see us. Uh, Paul was encouraged that in his absence, the church members uh, had not forgotten about him uh, or his ministry team. Uh, and I think what's implied here is that they hadn't forgotten the teaching, uh, the teaching that they had received. Uh, they, they were uh, a, a church uh, that was inclined to remember what Paul had taught them, to not forget it the moment they were out of his presence, uh, but to remember it and to live it, to do it. Uh, not hearers of the word only, but doers of the word and doers of the word despite Paul's absence. Listen, we have got to be especially steadfast to do the same uh, at this time. We, we can't be together all the time, but we can remember what we have uh, learned. You can uh, determine in your own heart this morning to remember what you've heard this morning and, and to be a doer of what you've heard this morning. And uh, of course, we see here also that the the church had a great desire to see uh, Paul once again. Now, listen, I've said it already once this morning, and, and no doubt I'll say it again before the day is over. 
Uh, Paul had a desire to be physically present with that church, with the members of the church, uh, and Timothy reports back that they had a great desire to be physically uh, present with him as well. We need to stoke and fuel and encourage that same desire in our own hearts. Again, don't get comfortable being apart from one another at this time. Don't think, oh, you know what, it's a whole lot easier just stay home and listen to service at home. Uh, nope, that's not the Lord's desire. It's not his plan. Uh, please don't forget we have verses like Hebrews 10 and verse 25 where the Lord calls us to be not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more uh, as you see the day approaching. As it appears that the return of Christ might be drawing closer and closer, uh, take care uh, to continue assembling together. We don't know when the Lord is going to rapture uh, his people, but certainly, certainly the world uh, looks more and more like what you might expect it to look like uh, at his return. Lord, give us a heart to be together physically uh, as Paul desired and as this church here uh, desired. Let's continue on, see verse 8. He says, For now we live if ye stand fast in the Lord. Uh, here we see Paul had this uh, great relief to know that they remain faithful. Uh, he says, For now we live uh, if ye stand fast in the Lord. He's, uh, he said, I, uh, it's, it's so refreshing. Uh, it's it's, it's life-giving to know uh, that you, you church members uh, you stand, all of you, ye stand fast. You remain steadfast uh, in the Lord. I've been absent, but you've been faithful. Uh, that, that's a life-giving thing to know. Uh, for now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. And I promise you again this morning, uh, it'll encourage this pastor uh, to know that you remain faithful. Uh, you're, you're standing fast in your walk with Christ. You're looking for opportunities to minister. Uh, you're, you're continuing in prayer. You're spending time in your Bible. You're continuing to serve the Lord no matter whether we can meet together or not. That'll encourage this pastor, uh, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that. He says in verse 9, For what thanks can we render to God again for you, for all the joy where, wherewith we joy uh, for your sakes before our God? Their faithfulness was an occasion for great joy. As you see and hear uh, of other church members staying faithful, rejoice in that. Listen, we've got a lot of frustrations, uh, things that could be discouraging, but uh, as you talk to church members and, and you encourage them and, and they encourage you and you share opportunities that you've had to stay faithful, be encouraged by that. Rejoice in that. Uh, let that be an occasion to rejoice your heart. Paul shifts gears uh, for a moment here. He comes, see verse 10. Uh, Paul is, again, always talking about how he is praying for the churches, uh, for the individuals, uh, and for the church corporately. He says in verse 10 this. He says, night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking uh, in your faith. Uh, Paul was a believer of great faith and great prayer. 
he, again, he has this constant testimony of praying. He's not bragging, as we said before. Rather, he's encouraging them that he's praying for them just all the time. And, of course, he's, he's uh, speaking uh, to an example that would encourage them, uh, no doubt, to be praying for him all the time and to be praying for fellow church members all the time. Uh, he says pray that he prayed night and day uh, that, that he would see their face again. Listen. Uh, I want to encourage us this morning to pray, uh, to really pray that the Lord would allow us to, to safely meet together again. I know that we could do that legally. The state is not preventing us uh, in our church from, from meeting together, uh, but, but we recognize that there is a, there's a danger, there's a risk that makes it unwise for us to meet together right now. So uh, pray. Uh, pray night and day like Paul did that he could see their faces again. I want to encourage you to really pray, redouble your prayer. Uh, Lord, help us. Uh, give us what we need to be confident. Uh, change the situation. Uh, Lord, we, we pray that you would dial down the, the infections and uh, Lord, that you would just put this to an end so that it would be wise so that it could be wise for us to meet together again. Pray that God would deliver us from this present trial. Really pray. Listen, I want to encourage you to really pray also uh, for the opportunity to come together to study again. Not just to be together, to see each other, uh, but to study together in person uh, as the Lord commands and back in Hebrews 10, uh, to be able to come together, to study together, to be able to encourage each other's growth uh, in person. Of course, meanwhile, continue to watch online. Listen online. We've got our recent sermons uh, files up online. See www.lhbaptist.com slash audio. You can subscribe to that as a podcast. If, you, uh, if you're a podcast person, we can tell you how to do that. Uh, meanwhile, do what you can to be under the teaching and preaching of our church. Now, let's, let's continue to see Paul's prayer here uh, in verse 11. He prayed, uh, now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you. Uh, here he's praying, uh, no doubt, to uh, the Lord that both the Father and the Son uh, would work collaboratively uh, in his ministry to allow them uh, to be back together again soon. Look at verse 12. Paul prays here the Lord would uh, also, uh, not just that they would be able to be back together again, uh, Paul prays here, kind of shifting gears a little bit, that the Lord would mature their love. Paul had a great interest in encouraging love among the church members. That's because God has a great interest in encouraging love uh, among church members. See verse 12. He prays here, the Lord make you, now see the language, to increase and abound in what? in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. There's a lot there. Let's, let's unpack that just for a moment. Uh, he prays the Lord would make you to increase. In what? In love. Uh, he understood that it takes God's active action uh, in our hearts to, to increase our love. Uh, we understand, we've recently studied through the, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, Fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace. It's love and joy and peace. Uh, the Lord actively works in us to bring forth a love, 
uh, a desire, a supernatural enablement to demonstrate love uh, toward each other. Paul prayed that their love toward each other uh, and to others, we'll see, that it would increase. Uh, but don't miss this. He, he prayed that it would increase uh, and keep increasing, that it would grow and grow and grow. He says, the Lord make you to increase and, what's the next phrase? Abound in love. Uh, he prayed that their love would grow not just a little, but it would grow to the point of abounding. Uh, that word is literally uh, kind of a superabounding, that it would grow to the point of being more than enough. Uh, this word has the idea uh, of a love uh, that would be uh, enough to meet the needs in the church and that there would be some left over. Uh, he prayed that their love would start growing and keep growing uh, until that it was more than enough uh, in their church. Listen, we should pray the same for our church. Uh, pray that fellow church members would have a growing love for each other and that their love would continue to grow until there was so much love toward each other that uh, it was more than enough, uh, not just uh, sufficient, but more than enough. Uh, what, a, what a wonderful testimony would have toward each other uh, if that were the case. And I, thank, I thank God that there is a great love in our church, but I pray that it would grow and grow and grow. He says that their love would grow, see the next part of the verse, um, toward one another and toward all men. Don't miss this. He's praying that their love toward each other, toward fellow church members would grow, but also that it would grow toward all men, people outside of the church. And of course, that, that can be a lot more challenging. That can be a lot harder. In Luke 6 and verse 35, Jesus commands, love ye, all of you, your enemies, and do good and lend, uh, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. The Lord desires that we would demonstrate love toward each other, to encourage each other, to meet each other's needs. That's part of his plan for churches, but also that we demonstrate love to the lost, to everyone, uh, no doubt in part so that people would be encouraged to hear the gospel from us, uh, do for each other inside the church, but also be willing to do for others outside the church. Demonstrate love wherever you have opportunity. Now, look at the end of verse 12. Don't miss this. Uh, don't skip over phrases because you think you've got it all. The Holy Spirit puts every word, he puts the individual phrases and the individual words there for a reason. The end of verse 12 says this, even as we do toward you. Even as we do toward you. Have a growing love, uh, have a greater love, uh, uh, so much there's a leftover love toward each other and toward people outside the church, even as we do toward you. So why is Paul saying that? Why does the Lord have Paul say that? Well, no doubt he wants to encourage them that he's demonstrating, he has been demonstrating that kind of love toward them. But I think he also wants them to be reminded that it's possible to do what he's praying. Uh, it's possible to have a love that's growing. It's possible to have your love for each other and for people outside the church uh, to grow so much that it's more than enough. Uh, it's more than enough. He's 
encouraging them that in Christ and because of the Holy Spirit who indwells us, the moment that we're saved by grace through faith in Christ, that this is possible. It's not just a prayer request with no hope that it be fulfilled. This is possible. Paul is able to do this uh, because of Christ. Let's move on. Uh, Paul associates that, and this is very interesting. Uh, uh, see verse 13. Here, Paul associates this love, this kind of love, with holiness. And what will be the connection here? Well, let's, let's see this here. He says, to the end, uh, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness. So uh, he's saying, uh, the, I, I pray to God that your love would grow and keep growing, that it becomes super abundant. Uh, why? To the end, that he may establish your hearts unblameable in what? In holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. So Paul is drawing a connection between their love and their holiness. Uh, he desired that when the Lord returns, so again, there's, there's this focus on the fact the Lord will return, that the Lord would find them loving people and that that love would be coupled together with a holiness a set-apartness from sin. So stop and think for a moment, and we'll end here, uh, but stop and think for a moment about why, why is this? Why is it that demonstrating love would somehow be um, coupled together or associated biblically, spiritually, with a growing holiness? Well, the love that Paul is encouraging them to exercise not in their own strength, but in the Lord's strength. It's an agape love. Uh, it's a godly love. It is a selfless love. It's not a self-centered, just love me, love me, love me. It's a selfless, Christ-like love that takes the focus off of me and what I desire uh, and puts the emphasis or the focus on the Lord uh, and other people and what they need. Uh, it's the kind of love that we read of in John 3.16 where the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That kind of godly agape love is a selfless love. The Lord loved us so much that he gave, the Father loved us so much that he gave his Son to die upon the cross for us. Uh, desiring to do for us. Paul is encouraging and praying for the love of the church members in part so that there would be a growing holiness in their lives. What's the connection? As they demonstrate a selfless, uh, Christ-centered, other-person-focused love, their focus would come off of themselves and satisfying their own desires, many of which would be lusty, sinful desires. Uh, as they focused on demonstrating love uh, in respect to meeting the needs of others, that would necessarily draw them away from a self-centered, prideful focus on their own desires, many of which would be uh, lusty, sinful things. I want to illustrate that this way. Picture for a moment uh, a map with two cities. 
So there's two cities, one on one side of the map and, and one on the, the extreme opposite side of the map. Uh, let's say one of the cities is named Loving God uh, and Others. I know that's a strange name for a city. Uh, let's say the other city is called Loving Myself and My Lusts. Uh, so they seem like places that would be pretty different. Uh, and they're in extreme opposite um, places on this map. Now picture yourself located on a road uh, exactly in the middle of these two places. Uh, so here, here's these two cities. There, there's a road that runs between them, and you are exactly in the middle of that road. What would happen if you moved toward the city called uh, Loving Myself and Loving My Lusts? Uh, you would necessarily move further away from the city called Loving God and Loving Others. Do, do you see that? Uh, let's say that you, you hopped in your car and you started driving closer to the city called uh, Loving God and Others. As you did that, you would necessarily be getting further and further and further away from the city called Loving Myself and My Lusts. I think that's the idea that Paul is trying to illustrate here. As you focus more on loving others, loving the Lord and demonstrating love to others, you necessarily grow further and further away from a sinful, prideful focus on serving yourself and your own desires, many of which would be quite sinful and lusty. Lord, help us to develop a focus on the Lord over self and a focus on demonstrating love to others instead of ourselves. Uh, this is Paul's desire. It's his prayer for that church. Well, thank you for being with us this morning. We'll close uh, in prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this chapter. Uh, Lord, like, like all of your word, it's so very important. But Father, I pray this morning that we not lose sight of your desire that we would assemble together again, again as soon as it's wise to do so. Lord, I pray this morning that when we're physically absent from one another, as Paul was absent from the church there, uh, Lord, that we continue to have a heart for each other, that, that we would pray that you would give us love to exercise toward one another. And Father, as we uh, receive that love, that fruit uh, that you produce in us uh, by the Holy Spirit, uh, Lord, I pray that our focus would be less and less on ourselves and more and more on you, uh, and demonstrating love to others in our church. And Father, I know that because of Christ, we can. This is all about you, Lord, working in our lives. And Father, I pray as we're uh, faithful uh, to pray for that love and to exercise that love, Lord, that it, there would be a greater holiness in our lives that would bring honor and glory to you. Lord, I pray it not be an occasion for pride. Look at me, look at, look at how holy and loving I am. But Lord, that it would be an occasion to bring honor and glory to you. Father, thank you for the time that we've had in your word this morning. I pray that we not soon forget the things that we've seen here. I love you, I thank you, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.